a lot of us assume that the things we're really good at don't count. You know, I started my podcast. I've always been a great conversationalist. Well, I never really gave myself credit for that because I was just always good at talking and it's just talking. So who cares? And then I had four people on my podcast and I'm hesitant to even say this. So, but I had four people on my podcast who had been interviewed by Oprah and they all were like, oh my gosh, you were such a good interviewer. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, and they said, I've been on Oprah and you were like right there on level with her. That's a huge compliment. Okay. Oh, yeah. But, but I, I'm just talking. I'm just connecting with people and talking. That's easy for me. So it's easy to make that not count. And if we want to make more money and we want to stand out and we want to build wealth for ourselves, we have to lean into those things. Whoa. Somebody put me on level with Oprah. This is going to be a fun episode with Sarah K. Ramsey. We'll talk about some money mindsets. We're going to talk about how she helps her clients to get raises. And we're going to talk about why she inserted the K, Sarah K. Ramsey, into her name. Uh, before we get started, please make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on any of the platforms where you listen. That way you'll be notified when new episodes come out on a weekly basis. And also I have a request. Please, please share this podcast with your friends. Um, I'm very passionate about helping people to make wise money decisions. So if you've learned anything about money, about money mindsets, about money tactics and money strategies, please share this podcast with your friends. It helps us to build our uh, our views and our listens and our search engine optimization, but also, and more importantly, it provides financial value to your friends and family. And isn't that what it's really all about? Using our money in ways that can help us to enhance our lives. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chuddick where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, where we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies to help you to build and maintain wealth. My name is David Chuddick, and I am a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial, and I help clients to make the right financial decisions for the reasons that are important to them. So today we have Sarah K. Ramsey on the line with us, and we're going to be talking about some really cool stuff about money mindsets and how she can help you to get a raise. And I'm really interested about that because um, I, I think that we're all kind of paid based on how easy it is to replace us. So, so it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to hear, uh, hear her thoughts on that. But Sarah Ramsey is a toxic relationship specialist and the world's leading expert on how to become a, to how to become toxic person proof. She's a best-selling author of the book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof and host of a global, globally acclaimed podcast. She works with women, and I guess, even though you don't work with women, prob men, probably most of your, your, your ideas would work for yes. men. Yes, I Absolutely. have worked with men, mainly women. Can't, but yeah. can't leave the dudes out, um, who remain <laughs> stuck in a cycle of pain and confusion and transform their lives by taking back their power. So, hey, Sarah, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Excited to talk money today, which if you had told me I was doing podcast interviews on 
money mindset, you know, five years ago, I would have been like, no, 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 there's no way. Um, so I have come a long way, baby. I'm excited to share what I've learned and how it's helped the people that I work with. Well, when I started the Weekly Wealth Podcast a little over a year ago, I very purposefully had the tagline, we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies to help you to build wealth. Because I, as a financial advisor, I and my team, we understand the laws and which type of accounts might be appropriate, but none of that matters if you or, or I, if we don't have our mind straight on how to handle money. So if you're making a million dollars a year, but you're spending 2 million to try to impress people who don't really like you, well, then that's a crazy mindset and you're going to end up broke. Um, so, so there's so many parts of the mindset that, uh, that affect our financial health. And then there are other people who say, you know what, I want to live a minimalist lifestyle. I don't need a lot and um, I don't need a huge savings. And that's great for them as well. It's all kind of about what, what works for us. So, well, cool. well and, and as it works for us, not defense mechanisms to make our current uh, poverty okay. May I say it that way? Um, I worked as a teacher before this, and you see so many teachers say things like, well, it's not about the money. And of course, it's not about the money, but that's a real um, mindset shift and almost like a chain that we put around teachers. Because if you're, if you work in a bank and you say, I'd like a raise, that's expected behavior. If you work as a teacher and then you want a raise, it, you, they say you don't care about the children. As if, hey, That's I was interesting. Like, mm -hmm. it, yes, I want to be able to send my kid to summer camp and afford it means I don't care about the children that I work with. And that's a logical fallacy. Those two things, being able to buy a car for your kid when they're 16 or set aside money for savings account does not mean you don't care about your third graders. But in the education world, they, they marry those thoughts together. That if you so care let's about look at it the, on the other side, as a former teacher, mm -hmm. and I don't like uh, painting anything with a broad stroke, but maybe do teachers look at higher earners as do they kind of have that, wow, that all, the, all they do care about is the money and they're not a quote, good person like me. I mean, is there some, some of that? Yeah. 100%. And so I was a pastor's daughter too. Um, and my oh, dad- and pastor, is Yeah, pastor can't earn a living or else they don't love God, right? I mean, that's just, exactly. you have to be, a, yeah. So I was raised in this whole world where if you tried to earn a living and create wealth for yourself, you were a bad person. So, because it's like, oh, it's about the money. So yes, it's the money mindset of what's coming in, what's coming out, but it's also the money mindset of, hey, I can be a good person and create wealth for myself. Those are those are those ideas can be married rather than separated. And I think well, let's people, look at let's yeah. look at this. Let's say let's say you were Dr. Sarah, the brain yeah. surgeon, and let's say uh -huh. I have a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. You're going to get paid a substantial amount of money to to treat my brain tumor, and I'm not going to complain about that because that's a very very important service, and you would have a very very high level expertise. So I think we yeah. all need to see the value in what we do. Well, and as I entered the world of high ticket coaching, and I offer different levels now in what I do, but I entered this world into high ticket coaching, going from a very altruistic, my purpose here on earth is to just give, 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 and I'm a bad person if I expect to receive anything back. Um, you can imagine what that meant for my bank account, right? I, was, I had all these skills uh, that I was not 
making profitable um, and really switching that mindset into I can provide a fabulous service. So right now it is uncanny how many of my women get raises, go back to new career certifications, um, get promotions uh, at least. So I'm a toxic relationship specialist. So I help people rebuild and redesign their lives after a toxic relationship that I'm not necessarily like a business coach, right? I'm not necessarily a money mindset coach yet 50 to 75% of my clients are making more money within three months of working with me. What so the how heck? is that possible? So you're not necessarily working only with business owners, not necessarily working only with teachers. You're working, it sounds like with a broad range of people. Yeah. How, how is it that people just start making more money when working with you? What's that magic and what's going on kind of between their ears that's making that happen? Well, so I talk a lot about your personal brand, okay? Um, at one point, my personal brand was, oh, I'm just, I don't need anything to get I don't need anything back. I'm just giving to the world. I'm giving to poor people. I'm giving to orphans. I'm giving to the children. I'm giving, 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 giving. And we have to switch our identity in whatever ways, because the reality is that was, that was a, not a confident version of myself. I wasn't confident in saying I am capable of earning wealth and creating wealth and providing not only for my children, but providing in the world a great service. And when I'm getting emails that say I got a $60,000 bonus during COVID, like I was a really good deal for her. I, I didn't charge her $60,000, you know, or, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got a $15,000 bonus because I learned to recreate a life for myself. I had, I had to create that new identity of I'm a problem solver and I'm giving back way more, but here's the difference. I'm teaching them to be their own best problem solvers. I'm not swooping in as savior. Mm -hmm. And when we're, you know, like a teacher, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, swooping in as I'm not downing teachers at all. It, it's a, it's a culture problem that we use to kind of not pay teachers more and uh, not have to raise taxes. Um, but when you have that mindset of like, oh, I'm going to save you, and my reward is internal rather than external, it just creates this really toxic relationship with money. It, it does. It does. And I'm, I'm sure if you're like anybody else, you've had some times in your life where you've maybe had some cash and then you've had some times where money was really tight. And let's face it, they say more money, more problems, but I'd rather have the problem <laughs> of of how am I going to come up with the tax bill because I bumped up to the next tax bracket, then how am I going to feed my kids because I don't have $10 to go to the grocery store. So problems are problems, but um, you know, the, the complexities that, that money creates with, with taxes and things like that, I'd, I'd much rather have those problems. And even more money, more problems, that is a defense mechanism of sure. somehow like, you know, their identity is I don't need money. I'm above money. None of us are above money. None of us are above money. Now, it doesn't mean our identity has to be in how much we earn. There is a balance in there. You can be a good person and create wealth and safety for yourself. Those two things can align. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And if you look at most of the nonprofits of the world, 
Who are mm -hmm. they funded by? They are funded by people that have created wealth. And sometimes they're funded by people who give $10 a month and God bless you. I mean, and then sometimes they're created by a million dollar donations or, or huge donations, but those are people who, who have people and companies who have built wealth and, and it's hard to help anybody financially if you are not able to help yourself financially. So. And yeah, I had a, a great coach. He's the Tony Robbins mindset, platinum mindset coach, blah, blah, blah. And he said, the best way to help poor people is not to be poor. Yep. That is the best number one way to help poor people. And it's the best, one of the best ways to help ourselves. If we are worrying about survival problems, how am I going to make that light bill? How am I going to, or even, you know, just it's, you can invest wealth in, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that um, I can hire a tutor for my daughter. She's a, she's a good reader. She's a, she's a fine reader, but I love reading. Right. And I want her to love reading. And so it's like, Oh yeah, no big deal. $30 an hour to hire a, or not even an hour, 45 minutes or something to hire a tutor for her. That is a great gift. That is a fabulous problem to have and not have to worry about. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. It's no big deal. If it was a hundred dollars, if it was two hundred dollars to create a love of reading within a third grader, that's a great problem to have and a great problem to solve. That's not selfish. That's not a nothing. There's nothing wrong with Louis Vuitton bags or you know fancy cars or whatever. But we can we need to think about wealth as in what it can give to our lives, not just how wealth is in what we show off to our friends. Right. Right. I heard it said once that there's nothing wrong with having money as, wrong, as long as the money doesn't have you. So yeah, I love it. If you yeah. need a Louis Vuitton purse because you have underlying self-esteem issues and that makes you feel better, well, then the purse is just a symptom of something else. But if you can comfortably afford that purse and, and you just like it, just like we all kind of have luxuries that we would like to have, nothing wrong with it as long as you are you know, meeting all the other requirements, saving, being as generous as you need to be and, and living up to all of your other obligations in the world. That's the way I feel about it anyway. We always talk about the extremes, right? It's the, you know, the girl who's skinny has the eating disorder, the girl who's maybe heavier, he doesn't care about herself. Like we always talk about these really terrible extremes. And we do the same thing with money. If you have money, you're a horrible person. If you don't have money, Maybe, you know, on one end, oh, you're altruistic, you're above money, you don't care about it, or flip, <laughs> you know, the person who has money says, you're lazy, you don't care about it, you know, and we all, there is a middle ground of having money, but it not having you, and creating safety nets for yourself, and for your kids, and for um, the neighbor who may need helping out, or for the charity that needs helping out, or the nonprofit you want to help out, those are options, that there is a middle ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, and when it comes down to it, really, what is money? Money is not even paper anymore. There's Venmo. And so but money is freedom and options. That's all it is. If your car needs four new tires, or if your car's engine blows up, it's only a problem if you don't have the money to buy those new tires. If you do have the money, then it's a minor inconvenience. Now, if you don't have the money, now it's a huge problem. And so, so proper planning and having an emergency fund and things like that, they can literally change your life because when we're not stressed about money, we're better spouses, we're better parents, we do better at our jobs. I've had team members on my team and, and 
you know, I, I just remember hearing, you know, bill collectors calling and, you know, and, and while you're talking to bill collectors at work, because maybe some bad decisions you've made, you're not being productive. So then you're not going to get that next raise and you may get terminated. And then this whole cycle just you keeps home, going. You know, like your kids, then you get in a fight with your husband. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's a whole cycle. Um, and another component of that, that I wanted to discuss with you is um, within that balance side, we think if we talk about our strengths and discuss what we're good at, then we may be like a bad person. Okay. Cause we see these people who are like, Oh, they're boastful or they're, you know, I'm, I'm perfect at this. I'm the best at this. I'm the best at this. Well, a lot of times those people are making more money because people know what they are good at and capable of. And we try to do this like humble thing of like, well, you know, the team was great. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I contributed a little bit. And we somehow like tell ourselves that we're being humble or nice or people are just going to know. And so one of the reasons these uh, people that I'm working with are getting raises and getting promotions is learning how to speak well about what they are good at without apologizing for it. So, so give me an example, because that's very fascinating. If um, let's say I'm your supervisor or I'm your I'm uh, at your company, uh, how do you tell me, you know, that you're good at something without sounding boastful and without, um, you know, and how do you do that appropriately? So if it's like a team project, um, a way you can do this, I learned this from Marsha Clark of Power of Self, and she could say, "Thank you, the team and I worked really hard." But you want to keep the I in there, right? So it's not just the where you like deflect and somebody says wow David you did a great job on that last project thank you the team and I really had a great direction or something you know something along those lines so so it's not like yeah I did a great job and you're forgetting about the team because that's also inappropriate and not seen as a team player but um really figuring out your unique selling proposition okay Mm -hmm. within my work my unique selling proposition is strength-based healing. Okay. Okay. In many ways I'm competing with every competing. I hate to use that word, but I'm competing with every therapist on the planet of people who've had relationship issues. So my competition would be literally every therapist or coach on the planet. Okay. My unique selling proposition is strength-based healing. So as soon as I say that and I brand myself in that way, and it is true, obviously what I'm talking about right now, I'm talking about people's strengths. When I am branding myself in that way, I stand out. Yeah. Huh, there's something about her. There's something different about her. Okay. And you're and that's gonna you resonate need- with some people. And with some people, it's not. And let's face it, not everybody is a client for you. But exactly. when you have a valuable proposition, enough people will see your value. And again, it's not all about the money, but it kind of is about the money. So enough people will pay you and then you'll build wealth. Very simple. Well, Wealth and you'll build, you know, the, the chance I wrote, I wrote a book, toxic person proof book. You know, if I am barely scraping by, I don't have the mental energy or the time or whatever to put into creating and our creative energy, right. Is what gets us to the next level. It's what causes that promotion. It's what allows us to build that business or that wing of a business that we've been hoping to build when we are able, when we are in survival energy, we, we are not in creative energy. Well, and that's Maslow's hierarchy, right? When you're, when you're fighting for food and just shelter, then you're not, um, you know, you're looking to survive. But 
when those needs are covered, mm-hmm. then you can even, you can, you know, you can build to be your best. And, you know, there's always that saying the rich get richer. Well, why is that? And number one, we've gotten to like in, in society now, like if rich is almost an insult, which please insult me by calling me rich or, you know, one day if I become a billionaire, please, you know, billionaire is almost an insult. But the reason the rich get richer is because they have more resources, which means they can invest more. They can hire that extra person to do more marketing. So then their business has more sales, which brings in more revenue, which they can hire another person and then they can buy another business. And it just, um, but when you're in that survival mode of, Hey, I'm a solopreneur and I have no help and I can't afford any help and, and I have to do it all on my own. You never get that momentum. You never get the mojo going. Absolutely. And you never, you don't get to live in creation. And if you're a business owner, you better be living in that higher order thinking of creation, our next level and in in people's lives, right? I want to be in a creative place. What's my next level of life? Where am I going from here? I help people design lives. They are excited about living. That is creative energy. That's not like, how do I get over the guy, get over my mom? get over my trauma, get over. That's all past energy. There's nothing creative about that. There's nothing moving forward about that. Well, and one of the saddest things, so of course they're going to get more money. Yeah. 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 And I just, I hate seeing people. And and I guess we've all had periods in our life where we're just kind of coasting through and, and even things aren't that horrible, but they're not that great. And, And I think that we all can have great lives for whatever that means for you. And then for me, probably something different, but um, we can all be valuable to the world. Um, But, but when we're just kind of not recognizing and we're just, well, you know, it's not all about the money, you know, which is again, kind of code for it's okay for me to be poor and things like that. Then we just never, never, never increase. And, and some people are even like, I've had as a financial advisor, I will know everything about a client. I will have everything about clients. I'll know their account balances. I'll know their debt. I'll know their income. And it's funny. There are people who will have huge portfolios and they're literally almost embarrassed that they have money. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you'll have other people who are embarrassed that they don't have enough money. So those emotions kind of go, go both ways. And, and, uh, you know, if you've worked hard and you've developed a, a, a decent sized portfolio, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you've lived your life as a decent person. The only people who are upset if you have money are people who don't have money. People who have money aren't upset you have money, you know, and it's not about money. I I loved what you said. um, And the way I say it is, it's about choices. It's all about choices. If you are a slave to your job and you're making great money, but you are a slave and can't ever I, I don't use the word slave loosely, you know, but it's like, oh, I, I can't take off. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. You become, you know, chained to your desk. That's not a lot of choices either. That doesn't sound like freedom to me. Well, so. and I, you know, I have a client who bought a over half a million dollar house, which in this part of the country is, is a really, really nice house. And he is now a slave to a job that he, he hates because mm-hmm. it pays him well, but he literally cannot leave that job because there's no other way he can make enough money to be able to afford that house. So that mm-hmm. is a horrible financial decision for several reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is not what we're talking about here. You know, it's, it's in that you talked about freedom. I talk about choices. It's in that you know, um, the freedom to get into that creative energy, the freedom to write a book and, and then not apologizing for it. You, you brought up guilt, right? And so a lot 
of people have a lot of junk in their head. If I speak well about myself, if I promote my unique selling points, my unique selling proposition, um, I'll, I'll talk about it in a corporate circumstance. So uh, my husband is in IT, but he does mergers and acquisitions within IT. So he does a lot of the finance negotiating and then actually had a marketing degree. So he's done very well, but he's like not the typical IT guy, right? Uh, because of that marketing degree and then his ability, his love for finance and business and that type of thing. So that's his unique selling proposition. He's able to be a great communicator and negotiator because he's more linguistic than many people within IT, but he does have the background. So that allows him to stand out in his field. So that would be his unique selling proposition. Like what makes you a standout? Oh, you know. I, I'm familiar with the background of IT, but I also have this, um, a different relationship with language and the social, social settings and negotiations and finance than many people in IT. That makes him hireable. That makes him stand out. That, that's, that he's a standout in that because there's a unique selling proposition. We all have one. We all have one. We just have to lead with that and learn to lead with that rather than a lot of us assume that the things we're really good at don't count. You know, I started my podcast. I've always been a great conversationalist. Well, I never really gave myself credit for that because I was just always good at talking and it's just talking. So who cares? And then I had four people on my podcast. And I'm hesitant to even say this. So, but I had four people on my podcast who had been interviewed by Oprah and they all were like, oh my gosh, you were such a good interviewer. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, and they said, I've been on Oprah and you were like right there on level with her. That's a huge compliment. Okay. Oh, yeah. But, but I, I'm just talking. I'm just connecting with people and talking. That's easy for me. So it's easy to make that not count. And if we want to make more money and we want to stand out and we want to build wealth for ourselves, we have to lean into those things. Whoa. Somebody put me on level with Oprah. And I just but like, to, an, to an extent, though, the things that we are exceptional at, in a way, are they not easy? Oh, they should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but we have to promote them in a different way. We have to accept them like, oh, wow. I mean, that's when I went from one podcast a week to three podcasts a week to five podcasts a week. Because it was like this people who know better. Are, are giving me feedback that are like, wow, you were very excellent in this area. Are you aware of how good you are in this area? And I was kind of like, oh, great. No, no, thank you. You know, I just kind of said, thank you. But we do that in our careers too. And we push off a boss, a supervisor, someone says, do you realize how good you are at this? And we're like, oh, that's easy. It doesn't count. Uh -huh. And we have to bring those things to the forefront and start being able to talk about them if we want to get more money. Well, and I think mindfulness um, and honesty is always important. So mm -hmm. you have talents and abilities. I have talents and abilities. There's nothing wrong. And it's actually a positive thing to be able to honestly portray what your values and your talents are. Um, because people perceive us in ways that we don't necessarily perceive ourselves. So let me give you an example. Back in my 20s, I was a tennis teaching pro at a big resort um, and, and I was not, not, not quite like a world-class player, but I was, you know, really, really good. And then um, 
got married, had kids, and about 18 years later, took tennis back up and um, had a year or two where it was just horrible. And now I'm back playing leagues and everything. And a couple of things happened. And, and I think that tennis and sports and everything can just kind of mold over into other parts of life. So playing a set against a, um, a, a pretty good player. And he said, um, uh, now I have to get used to your different spins and speed spins and speed. So basically something that I do relatively naturally is kind of vary the speed and spin, which may or may not mean anything to you if you're not a tennis player that was giving him a problem. So when he said that, that kind of gave me confidence that, Hey, I'm good at something that's causing a good player to have issues. So mm -hmm. it's not, I'm boastful that I'm, I'm great. Cause there are a million people that can, can do a lot of things on the tennis court better than I can. But for me to say to myself, I have the ability to, within reason, pick the right spin, pick the right speed and place the ball that at a really good club level is effective. That's just confidence. And that's honesty. Now, honesty also, if I played with somebody really good, there's no chance. And that's okay also, because that's reality. But, you know, I, I think to, to, to have other people to acknowledge what you're good at sometimes build your, your confidence as well. Absolutely. And I, I use the word honesty too. I'm so glad you said that because we sometimes if we're like good, kind, caring, loving, giving people, empathetic people, we have this junk in our head, or maybe this is from my like teacher, pastor, past. Okay. It's like, okay, I'm honest. I can only be honest about the things that I'm bad at. If I say the things that I'm good at, I'm a bad person, but I can be really honest about what I'm bad, you know, bad at. Well, no wonder that would hurt my career promotion level, raise, uh, you know, and I think more people are doing that than not. They, oh, I want to be honest and like tell you lead with what I'm bad at or my insecurities or what I'm worried about rather than leading with what you're good at. And toxic people, I work with toxic people. They think they're good at everything. That's not what we're talking about. That's one extreme. Um, but that's not honest. That's not. Said the, exactly. Nobody's good at everything. Yeah. And, but we, you know, or we have the person who's, you know, like, I used to be I'm only allowed to say what I'm bad at. Oh, I'm going to be humble. I want to be humble. Oh, I'm no good at this. I'm no good at that. And oh, this is a, this is a, you're going to have to forgive me for this David. I'll tell you about a date I went on or a date I got set up a long, a long time ago. And uh, this is, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying do this, but it, it, it illustrates the point really well. And this guy said, wow, you're really cute. I said, thanks, I know. And he goes, what? And I said, would it make you feel better if you told me I was cute and I told you I looked fat in these jeans and then your job the rest of the night was to make me feel better about myself? Mm -hmm. And he was like, whoa, do you want to go out? <laughs> that, was, that was our interaction. But it set me apart, right? Sure. It set me apart in that process because that's what so many people do. Let me tell you what I'm insecure about. And then you spend your time and energy making me feel okay about myself. That is not the recipe to wealth. It that's is not the, the recipe to wealth. That's the selfie generation. You post a picture of yourself and then instantaneously 20 people tell you how beautiful you are. And, you know, we can, there's never been a time in history where you can get instant gratification yeah. quicker than you can now. Exactly. And it just illustrates that point when you say, yes, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm working on. And that's honesty. You know, I am not administrative at all. I have two great women who work with me and help me align my calendar and some of these things. And I'm a great communicator and not a great 
not great at administration, but and it's okay. But see, when you just said I'm a great communicator, there was no part of that that sounded boastful or that you were trying to tear me down. You were just stating a fact. And and by chatting with you, it's obviously you're you're a great communicator. And like a lot of entrepreneurs, it seems like you have administrative struggles, and that's okay also. Yeah. Um, it took me a long time to get in a position, both mindset and even resource wise, to where now I do everything I can to not do the things where I really struggle, which includes hiring a bookkeeper, hiring virtual assistants, things like that. Because there's another identity that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have is that I just, I work 24 hours a day. And if I take any time off, I'm not a good entrepreneur. And I do all these things that I hate doing because I just work so hard. But when it comes down to it, if you spend your time just communicating, you're going to prosper. If you spend your time balancing your, your business checkbooks, you probably can do that, but it's probably not going to be done well. You're going to be miserable. And that's not your unique value proposition at all. And then I'm showing up for a enrollment call or a coaching call, feeling bad about myself, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the, you know, if I have a podcast or I have something like this, where it's like, Oh my gosh, I get to like, talk to David and like meet someone new and discuss interesting ideas. You know, this is amazing. Like, this is amazing. So if I, I don't, but if I had a enrollment call or a sales call after this, I would be like firing on all cylinders. I'd be confident. I would feel like Sarah, I would feel in flow. And I'm more likely to enroll that person in my coaching program than if I had been balancing my budget sheet all morning. Absolutely. Because that's what you're, and you take it the other way, your bookkeeper probably does not have the greatest communication skills and that's okay. The world needs everybody. Um, And well, we could talk for hours and this is really (laughs) up my alley, but I would like to put you on the spot and I would like two or three tips that can help me and anybody else win in life, which includes money, which includes relationships, which includes health and includes all of those things. Give me two or three tips that can help me to win for whatever winning means to me. And obviously winning means something different to me and to you and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're in my wheelhouse now. Okay. So uh, I want you to spend your energy on problems that have solutions. Okay. I obviously work with a lot of- So getting people. mad at politics and things that I could never have any influence over whatsoever and being angry all day at the other political party, that's not a good I, thing? No, that's a no for me. Um, I am just so proud of that I stayed on brand my, the entire election year and just like, okay, zeroed in. What problem am I trying to solve? I want to help the world become toxic person proof. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Not, you know, getting into all these other things uh, as tempting as it was. Um, the, yes, but, but maybe solving problems that have solution means, you know, other who you've been frustrated with for the last 20 years is doing the same thing. It's, we have, maybe it's the drunk uncle and you're like, oh, I can't believe he showed up to grandma's drunk again. Well, he's done it for 10, 10 years. Why are you surprised that just because it was grandma's birthday, he didn't act better. We don't realize how much time and energy and creative energy we are all losing on focusing on problems that are not ours to solve. We're focusing on problems that don't necessarily have solutions. I love that. And that just makes so much, uh, so much sense. What's, what's one other tip that can help us to win? Find relationships where surround yourself with people willing to play by the same set of rules. Okay. And again, this is a, this is a, a relationship issue that, that goes off into your financial life because you're like, ah, 
yeah, you're frustrated all the time rather than happy all the time or happy most of the time and find relationships where both people are playing by the same set of rules where you're not always in a state of confusion. Why did they do this? Why weren't they this? Why were they this way? Why were they that way? When you start having people in your life, especially uh, within your career, within your business, within your relationships, where you're like, man, they feel like they're getting a good deal out of this relationship. I feel like I'm getting a good deal out of this relationship. Then your mental energy is not solving your personal problems. Your mental energy, your personal life can just be good. And then you spend your mental energy solving growing that business, going after that promotion, um, managing your money well, planning a vacation based on your wealth. You're just happier. You're just happier. Love that. I love that. And if I had one tip, it would be our language matters. So don't use the words try. Don't use the words uh, I, I want. You know, you're not trying to save money. You're saving money. You're not trying to budget better. You just, I now budget better. And uh, I think what we, whenever we use the word try, it gives ourselves that little bit of an opening to say, well, I mean, I tried and it didn't work. So I reverted back um, back into my old habits. Yeah, so, I love it. Before we wrap it up, tell us a little bit about some of the programs that you offer, how anybody could find you, and just uh, you know a little bit about your business. Yeah, so uh, one of the best ways to find me is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, K, Ramsey, R-A-M-S-E-Y, and I added that K, that's a real piece of my identity. Uh, you can Google Sarah Ramsey and I still come up, but if you, uh, that K is like an identity piece. I used to be this person and accept this in my life. And now Sarah, Sarah Ramsey put up with a lot of things she shouldn't have. Sarah K. Ramsey has an identity of powerhouse. So that, that's a big piece of uh, help you to remember on the website. I run the Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship. And you can check out my book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof, or my podcast, Toxic Person Proof. Lots of tips and tricks and strategies uh, for this, this work. And from what I hear, that uh, podcast is going to have a really interesting guest uh, coming on pretty soon. Yes, David's coming on my podcast. I absolutely talk about mindset and wealth. I, I run a program, a coaching program called the Wondrous Woman Program. And I really want to create more powerhouses. You know, if you had a toxic parent or a toxic partner, or a toxic coworker situation or a toxic sibling, I don't want that to define you. Too much of the conversation is about like, oh, you were in a toxic relationship and you got out. Yay. Well, that's, that is a yay. I'm not, I'm not minimizing that. But is that like the defining moment of your life? It's like you stop putting up with bad behavior. Let's make your life wondrous. Let's build your wealth. Let's help you design a life you're excited about living. Let's change your mindset. Let's heal your relationship with your kids. Um, let's find you love. And so I run the Wondrous Woman program to help uh, to help with those things. Awesome. And we will have all of that information in the show notes. And I've just really, I appreciate what you're bringing to the, to the world and talking about building a wondrous life, because I think that too many people, you know, in America, nobody's really starving to death, but we have our basic, basic needs met, but there are a lot of non-wondrous people kind of just 
just just just kind of going through life without without excellence and and i think that so much of that can be changed just with some mindsets just with using some different words just with having surrounding yourself with different people with with managing money just a little bit differently so you're not always stressed for money and some of these small small changes spiritually um can can make a huge difference and we can have wondrous lives i believe so i do too i do too and my clients are getting it all the time their raises their their wins you know we keep up with wins and it's like you know, I had a, someone um, in education recently get a $15,000 raise. That's unheard of in education. Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen. And she advocated for herself and promoted and basically they created a job just for her because she knew her unique selling propositions. And it's like, that's, that's what I want. I want, um, you know, ending a toxic situation to be the launch pad for your success. Not just the, I left period. Right, <laughs> I right. said, um, period. Right. I, I want, I want that to be the launching pad. Yep. Absolutely. Well, good deal. This has been exciting and I just can't wait for this episode to be released. I can't wait to be a, a, a guest on your show. And yeah, uh, I think that our listeners really can, uh, just from listening to this podcast, there can be some life changes, but I also encourage anybody uh, to reach out to you, check out sarahkramsey.com. Uh, join the Facebook group and uh, see where life can take us in some wondrous directions. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. Awesome. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.